Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for Talk to Tesla 89, and somebody's missing right now. Hmm, wonder who that could be. Thomas, where are you? I have to rush out of here this morning. I've got very important things to do, and it's not the Apple event, although that is part of what I'm going to be doing today. Yeah, that's what I was suspicious about. No, I have to uh, go to a golf tournament, and so, you know, got to go. They need they need a star there to show everyone how it's done. Exactly, the swinging of the clubs. Uh, Tiger couldn't make it, so they were you know they asked me to f- sit in. Is that because you gave him a prescription for? Uh... If I get it, <laughs> it's not me. I didn't do it. Hey, uh, before we get started, yes, I got to do a shout out to Katie Cooper. Katie uh, is a friend of mine. Uh, we used to work together back in the day, and she sent me a Vox last night saying, "You've done it." I bought a Bolt, and she sends me these pictures of a beautiful Bolt, and uh, so congratulations, Katie. She loves it. She had a Volt with a V first, which sucked her into the electric empire, and now she's going Bolt with a B, and it looks really cool. So uh, I can thank Grandpa for getting that done. Yeah. Because he's had such great reviews. I was just in a car last night driving around post-graduation events, and one of our friends was in the car, and she's like, you know, I've been thinking about an electric car, a Bolt. And she says, are they fun to drive? And I demonstrated, and uh, <laughs> I think the, the deal is done. Okay, so we have to talk politics. I know that there is a subset of you that absolutely hate it when we talk about politics, and we also hate talking about politics. But when um, the U.S. pulls out of the climate accord and then we have to discuss it. So we're going to go through this very quickly, have a few words, but then we're going to get to the much more interesting news because Robert went to go to the factory and he looked at Model 3s and he's got a whole bunch of stuff to tell us. So um, Tesla's entire reason for existing is to accelerate the move to sustainable energy. That is why Tesla exists. And yes, they have great cars and uh, they have lots of other things going on, but that's the reason they exist. Elon has been criticized because he has been on the president's advisory council. And a lot of people have been saying to him, you should get off it. He's said multiple times, the reason I'm there is that there needs to be some voice at the table saying we need to do renewable energy. We don't want to go back and use coal, etc., etc." Well, as we all know, they pulled out, they, meaning President Trump and a few of his advisors, pulled out of the Paris Accord. And straight after that, Elon said, well, I'm out. I'm clearly not having any effect here. He tweeted out, this is a huge mistake. I'm gone. Bob Iger, is it Bob? Yeah. Uh, of Disney, CEO, also pulled out. And uh, so we're out of the Paris Accord, and I sent out a little Patreon about this, which basically in summary said you can look at this two ways. At its worst, this is a complete disaster if this is a cascade of events that results in other people just giving up on the Paris Accord. Um, It is a huge problem. On the other hand, the U.S. 
and India and China and others are already reducing their carbon footprint very rapidly. So it may not be a bigger deal as we first thought. It is a big deal for political reasons about American leadership in the world, but we won't talk about that because we don't really understand it. We're not politicians or pundits. But Cece pointed out, who's our producer, that this accord takes three years before it winds down. Then there's another year of further winding down. And it's actually the day after the next presidential election that it will officially end. So in theory, what could happen is that if there is a change in government, that the U.S. could go back into the Paris Accord before really anything changes. So everybody, keep calm. Grasping for a few straws. I did... I do sort of think that, uh, you know, I think this is ridiculous personally. Um, it just makes no sense. There are now only three countries in the world that are not in this accord. The U.S., Nicaragua, which is not in it because it didn't feel it went far enough, hmm. and Syria. Syria. Well, they have their their stuff together. So, uh, Robert, do you want to say anything about this before you tell us about the Model 3 and make us happy again? You know, there was a lot of tweeting going on while this was happening. It was actually on our drive up to Fremont. There was a caravan of Teslas and... First, somebody tweeted out, you know, we're in Paris Climate Agreement. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. I was so excited. I was just it was distracting me from driving. And then it was like, you know, this just basically tells me don't trust the news that blurts out and people trying to get you to click and like and all that sort of stuff. Fake news. Yeah, there's a lot of fake news out there. So be aware. Be careful. But one thing I can feel very confident about is that. I'm going to talk about non-fake news because I was there. First-person account. Exciting. It was very exciting. So I went all up to uh, Fremont, another three days invested in a trip to Fremont. You seem to go there like every month. Well, it was two months ago that I was there for a factory tour mm-hmm. and, and did that with Caleb from the t- Tesla show. And uh, and that was very cool. That was very exciting. But to tell you the truth, I saw like a different factory this time. What? I, it was... Partially because the group I was with, which is the Tesla Owners Club, this is the sanctioned Tesla Owners Clubs. So if you're a Tesla owner, or in most cases, in most areas, if you're a Tesla enthusiast, you can join as well and uh, come to club meetings, participate in club events, which include all sorts of things, charity events. We do things like attend uh, National Drive Electric Week. Month, year, day. Yes. And other green events to promote uh, sustainable living and transportation, uh, helping Tesla basically to sell cars, showing up to these Tesla uh, coffees, going to big car events like cars and coffee and car shows. In fact, the St. Louis Tesla Owners Club participates in the local St. Louis like auto show, big auto show. They're in the green uh, section there and they're there representing Tesla. Tesla's not even there representing Tesla. And even the Belgian club. So we had people fly in from all over the world. The Belgian club was there. There were three three folks there. And they told us all about how they got the king of Belgium to come to their Tesla conference. It was Tesla. Tesla I, I forgot the name, but it took place in Europe. It was called Tesla World, I think. Yeah. Did we meet those guys? We did. Like a year and a half ago at the Tesla. Yeah, two co- years ago. TMC Connect a couple of years ago. That they, was... said, they said you never returned their phone calls. Well, I, yeah, that... my phone doesn't ring. <laughs> really? But they got the king of Belgium That's to come to their European show. And guess who then accepted an invitation? They had extended an invitation to a certain a certain Elon, perhaps a certain Elon Musk. And he, you know, was kind of silent until the king showed up. And then I guess Elon, I'm learning now. I've been 
pronouncing everything wrong. It's Elon. It's, it's not Elon. It's Tesla. Elon. It's Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. if I want Elon to come to one of my events, yes. all I've got to do is get the king of Belgium to come and then – He'll come. Uh, a king. Yeah, a king. Any soon, king? Soon we're going to have our own king. I think we're going to have a king here <laughs> of okay. sorts. Okay. So I was really impressed. Uh, so anyway, I heard that announcement on the drive up. It was a great event. There's like 12,300 people in the sanctioned Tesla owners clubs around the world. Pretty impressive. And we had people from, I mentioned Belgium, six Australians showed up. Thank you. That's like a long way to come <laughs> for three days. Yeah. Really more like a day, a long day. And then uh, we had six Canadians, uh, a very nice fellow from Norway. I don't remember everybody's name. The UK was represented. And then a bunch of U.S. states. Uh, Arizona came, Florida, Hawaii, Minnesota, Missouri, North Carolina, Washington, or the Northwest region. And Texas had a whole gaggle of people come. It was a great hangout conference. We got to spend the entire day in a Tesla conference room, meeting with Tesla people from sales all the way through to sort of like support staff for the Tesla owners clubs. And I'm anticipating a lot more sort of owner Tesla interaction that will help just to, you know, improve the man on the streets view of Tesla. Keep doing what you're doing, everybody out there. Keep talking up Tesla and showing your cars off to people who might be on the fence and might be interested. We're even working on a potential um, club referral program. So if you're a member of the LA club and we go out and have events mm -hmm. and people are interested in buying a Tesla, that we give out the Tesla club referral code, mm -hmm. which seems a little cleaner than everybody, you know, hey, I'm standing next to you. Mine, use mine, use mine. Exactly. Uh. So it becomes a little more sort of sophisticated and a little bit more, um, I don't know, it's nicer. What will you do if the Tesla club then gets a Model S for free? Do you divide it up and everybody gets a piece? Yeah, or raffle it off. Raffle it off. Make some money idea. for the club. That's continue to do idea. more club things. Uh, one of the things I mentioned which inspired me was Joel Sapp. And he takes his Tesla with a couple of friends and a couple of other Teslas, and they go do these really nice charity events. Yeah. It would be nice to be able to drop $1,000 on a big spread of food and bring sort of EV information to people who are not as advantaged as we are and show off what could you do even without $125,000 to buy a Tesla. Because that doesn't, that doesn't mean, you know, that those aren't the only people who can think green. Right. So – how many people were there? I don't have a sense. So these were sort of the the directors of all these clubs. About how many people were at this event? It was uh, about 40 people. Okay. So 40 people probably representing thousands of people. Yeah, 12,300 members. And that the, the, the groups are, you know, it's, it's very variable across the world how the Tesla groups or the Tesla clubs go. But if you're interested and you want to meet other like-minded people who are very Tesla uh, – in, invested and enthusiastic, then I definitely encourage you to go to the Tesla website. They've now created a page, or maybe I didn't know it existed, but it's basically tesla.com and it's slash support slash Tesla owners club directory. We'll put the link in the show notes so you can check out who, uh, what clubs are in your area because they're all basically named by the area. And there's a link to the email of the presidents. And that just basically will end up getting you a email back that says, yeah, come join us. And here's where we are. There's also now a newly uh, sort of minted 
Facebook, Twitter page for the TOC Global. That's Tesla Owners Club Global. And you can go to at Tesla Owners WW on Twitter. And, uh, and that can help you to hook up, get questions answered. Uh, it's just trying to unify and increase our strength as far as clubs go. And from Tesla's point of view, they just want to sell more cars. Yeah, and this will be these kind of forums and stuff are going to be very important for a whole bunch of new people who are not really Tesla savvy that are going to get their Model 3s and are going to have a lot of questions or think about Model 3 and are going to start us in Christian. So all this stuff is very important. So now tell us about the event itself. Yeah, so we were treated to a deluxe factory tour that was much larger, much longer, and much more in-depth. And oh, 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 by special request... Here's Thomas. the King of Belgium. Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, it's just Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hi, everyone. I, I don't remember ever starting the show without either of you guys here. But oh. I've got to get the f- out of here, like I said. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I woke up early, Tom. So I'm uh, I'm just a victim of circumstance. And I was telling everybody about the Tesla tour that I took, number four. Oh. Yeah, the longest tour, probably the most. Uh, intense with information download tour. It was really great. It was actually by, I think his name is Adam. I've had Adam tour me before. He's the guy who was like the first tour guide, or at least the top tour guide at Tesla. He's a very animated guy, very fun. And um, he, he told us all, you know, you have to turn off all of your phones. Nothing. If I see you, you know, holding a phone, uh, we're going to have to stop the tour. We're going to come up to you. We're going to Ask for your phone, and we're going to look through your pictures and et cetera. So everybody was Ooh, like, they're serious. <laughs> they're getting really serious because they're building out the Model 3 line, and there are Model 3 parts around. And so I'm, of course, my phone was just off, but my insulin pump goes off. And so I have to kind of futz with my insulin pump, and he, he stops what he's doing, Uh-oh. and he walks over to me, and he looks down at me, and I'm, like, dialing in numbers so I get the proper amount of insulin. So you don't go to and DKA. he's looking at me with his microphone on, so he's not talking, but he's kind of, like, giving me a very concerned look and shaking his head. And I look up at him, and I'm, like, showing him, this is not a phone. This is not a pager. <laughs> this is not a recording device. And there's a tube with insulin going into my body. And so he, he let me go. But oh, that well, was I would love it if you ripped it me. off you. Just rip yeah. it off you. Like, yeah. uh. Well, it's Tesla, not the TSA. <laughs> wow. And so uh, he told this great story about uh, the plant, you know, that, that's the original GM plant that became the Numi plant, that he had a guy, I think might have been a Tesla owner, who came on the tour and had uh, told him that, hey, I used to work here in the, in the Numi days like in the or maybe it was even in the GM days, whatever, in the 70s. And um, it was this is so much nicer. And he's like, oh, wow, what cars did you build? Because he knows all the cars that were right. ever built on this plant. And the guy's like, I don't remember. And he says, what do you mean you don't remember? How could How? you not remember that? He says, well, I was high on LSD every day I worked here. That's why GM build quality wasn't good in the 70s. And he went further in telling us that the way the cars were built at the plant, the union had it locked down so that, number one, it was impossible to fire. Number two, every car that was messed up required a sort of like a redo in the second section of the factory. And the guys who were building the cars knew this. So they tended to screw the cars up, which would require that the cars go to the second part of the factory. And that part of the factory needed so much help that they were paying a lot of overtime. 
And so there was this like <laughs> feedback loop of b- producing shit cars. And it please was... don't get me started on all of this. It's <laughs> a classic. You must make sure that your incentives are aligned in the right direction. I'm just saying. You would think so. So other fun things at the factory. Uh, this the size of the factory. He didn't put it into. Uh, he put it into perspective for me. You could put 16 Costco warehouses in the Fremont factory. They should totally do that because I would love to walk around in 16. Costco warehouses. Could you imagine amazing. how that I would be so tired? Think of the just the gum choices alone you could get in something like that. The Whoa. size of the Nutella jars would be overwhelming <laughs> at that point because I believe that the bigger the size of the Costco, the bigger the jars. Maintain the forklift system. <laughs> you could go to Costco and buy. Like a factory, like you could walk into Costco and and there'd be like a display, and you you could potentially walk out <laughs> with your own franchise, like a complete subway, That's right. just completely finished, furnished, ready to go. <laughs> Put it on the back of my <laughs> yeah, just like Tesla semi. I'm gonna take the subway, and I'm gonna need a Dunkin' Donuts, right. and I'm gonna need you to deliver that over to Woodland Hills. And Jupiter's gonna need a new moon. Where, which aisle's that in? Okay, you get that. I would need one of those carts, you know, for the yeah. for folks who are handicapped with the basket up front, uh-huh. just to get around it. But who knows if your charge would last long? enough oh it would oh my god those those little rascals are are very very chargy so he drove us around these special spots like he introduced us to betty who's worked there since the numi days she's like uh i'm not sure how old betty is she actually doesn't look that old but she must be older and anyway so she's she's maybe she was a child laborer and nobody noticed because they were all on LSD. Yeah, maybe she was the one who was putting the tabs on their tongues, man. I don't well, you know, know how the 70s worked. Here's a fun fact. If you boys went inside your car, you will find Betty's signature. Really? Betty glues to get her main thing. I mean, she like subs out all over the factory because she knows like so much about Tesla. So she makes she sends at this section where they use this super mega super glue to put together internal body parts. Mm -hmm. And we saw her doing it. And um, she signs every part that comes off the line. That sounds super efficient. (laughs) <laughs> She's going to have to get really fast at signing when the Model Somebody 3 comes Somebody needs to out. get Betty a stamp. Betty's not going to be signing Model 3s, I bet. Auto pen, Betty. Auto pen. Yeah, maybe they'll they'll make a, a bot Betty. Betty yeah. bot. Where is this part in my car? Because now I have to go find it. Yeah, well, you have Do to you go. Know? Uh, I don't know. You probably it's like a, tear the whole a smaller part. triangular part. And, uh, just to try it, just look for a triangle somewhere there, on my Tesla. You know, there are a considerable number of parts there, but I also <laughs> learned that like one dab of this glue, uh-huh. if you put it on your Tesla and you put another, whatever, a hoist on the other end of it, uh-huh. you could lift your whole Tesla with a dab of this glue. So I don't think you're getting that part open. I'm going to need, I'm going to need that glue for the roof rack on my model three. Clearly. You really don't want to get that stuff on your fingers. <laughs> yeah, really. You have to grow new fingers. What if we got it like what if we put it on our fingers and we high fived each other? Would that be it? Would we just like forever joined? I know one thing. Yeah. Then if I got here on time to record the show, you would too. Really? Is that where we're going? <laughs> I think there's been let's call it every other time. We're waiting for you. I want to know, what if you've got an itchy bottom and you've got that stuff on your hand? There's a lot of things that could go wrong. Why is it? Why? You're a grown man. (laughs) You're a freaking doctor. Why is it that everything we talk about eventually leads to your bottom? Well, because um, there's... 
Are you two, nine? There's two things that are incredible in the world. Uh-huh. One of them is your hand, <laughs> and the other one is your <laughs> anal sphincter. But we don't have time to go Hold into on, it no. right now. Why did you have to even? You went even farther where you shouldn't have gone. Like you could have just touched I've, your I've glutes. Heard, I've heard Mel speak on this at uh, medical conferences, oh. and it is quite entertaining, but probably not fit for the youngsters in the back seat, unless they're really interested in human biology. So continue on. We're here. We're at the factory. Uh, we're gluing stuff to ourselves. We're talking, we're, to uh-huh. we're talking to Betty. And now you're going to meet some superheroes. Yeah, I met some amazing superheroes. I never really knew who all the superheroes were, but now I kind of do. Xavier and Changeling are these two massive robots that lift the car up on one side, put it on a conveyor belt that's way overhead, and the other one pulls another car down off that line. And then we kept going along, and we met Wolverine and Iceman and Angel and Beast and Storm and Colossus, another one of these huge robots that lift cars and move them around. Uh, people love that. Colossus Even, is very big. Yes. Yeah, actually. Powerful. Half of these, half of these are the same model of the yeah. Kukla robots, and, uh, and they do pretty cool stuff. They're not moving as fast as I would hope. Uh, if they're on the Model 3 line, they're going to have to triple the voltage, so they move a lot faster. Triple the voltage. Yeah, maybe. Well, like these ones, they pull them off of the main line in case there's like a slowdown in a specific area, and then they can put them up there, and that upper line is sort of either to move them to another area or to kind of put them in stasis to sort of hold them where they are until they're ready to move them to the next assembly part of the line a buffer correct yeah. right so the line the main line at the bottom can keep moving and like if there's a slowdown somewhere it doesn't stop all of the progress behind it what was cool was when we walked from our uh, you know long interminable well it wasn't really it was just a long time in the conference room to start the tour mm-hmm. we had to cross sort of this this large um I don't know, hallway in which all the Tesla staff go in and out. Mm -hmm. And as I'm walking out, I'm with a group of people. I'm not even really paying attention to who's around me. And some dude from Tesla with Tesla garb and ID and everything just like jumps out at me and shakes my hand. That wasn't you in a mirror? He really loves our show. And he was like waiting there for me. And I felt wow. like really you've got pepperoni stalker. That's pretty cool. We That's got cool. Tesla stalkers. I like that. Yeah, they're so, they've all been awesome so far. The cool thing was that at the end of this conference, you know this this happened at the same time as the quote VIP e. day. Right, there were two VIP days, Friday mm-hmm. and Saturday, and we were there. This was Friday, and now it's like Friday at five p.m. Something seven five seven somewhere in there. We're out in this little like. I don't know, adjacent space to the whole Tesla worker area. This we don't get to see. It's kind of down below the big Tesla sign. And uh, we're eating banh mi and tacos and drinking palomas. And it's a lot of fun. And I sent out a picture. I know, Mel, you were kind of sad that there was white wine. It wasn't Chardonnay. So don't be too worried. Okay. It was Sauvignon Blanc. But, uh, but he's okay right. with that. I'll drop that. Yeah, and tacos. He'll yeah, drink a so, Pinot Gris. Yeah, He'll drink gotta, a Sauvignon you got to become a member extraordinaire of the club and, and come join our i, I got to say, I did uh, crack a bottle of Shardy while I was looking at your picture of you drinking Sauvignon Blanc and having sliders. Did you just say you wanted Mel to be on the board of directors of a Tesla club? Well, then he could come and, and enjoy even more Tesla sliders and mm-hmm. it'll be It'll be the... Herbert Club. It'll be a member of one. <laughs> I don't like to organize so or were, be public. I may have missed this, so forgive me. Uh, were there any indications of what the VIPs were getting during your yeah. journeys and trips? Well, I actually learned because I hooked up with uh, 
with Trevor from the Model 3 Owners Club later. But Trevor! It, the, the basic gist is that the people who went to the VIP reception day were very underwhelmed. Very mm. underwhelmed. They got to see the Model 3, mm. a alpha car. Yes. So the, the launch cars. The special silver that you will not get on your Model 3 launch car. What do you mean? It's like a car that was painted like, I don't know, nine times with this special iridescent silver paint. That was the one that they put on stage at the March event? Yes. I watched that again last night because I wanted to get a feel mm. for what Elon was really saying mm-hmm. for what and what they were doing. And the one thing that I did notice from that particular thing is, you know, they put that parts, part breakaway thing spinning behind him on the big screen. So on the big screen behind him when he got up there, right before they put the Model 3s out, they put a schematic of all the parts and the Model 3 getting built from the sled. He was talking about safety. And as they started adding parts, they added dual engines, right? So that was one thing that you see in that schematic. And I believe you also see air suspension. (gasps) But... Obviously, they've decided not to do air suspension. I think that's a given right now. That doesn't mean they can't add it in the future. Right. This is the takeaway before the launch. They want to pump out, I don't know, how many hundreds of thousands of Tesla Model 3s to yeah. people who don't have the money to buy an S. Right. And they want to pump out cars that are inex- less expensive and quicker to make. So uh, we're sitting there. We're drinking. Everybody's talking. There's... You know, a f- we all expected something, something more, right? We came, we gave a lot of information to Tesla. We informed them a lot about what Tesla Nation does and wants. And we were waiting for a little something back, a little more than the Tesla cookies they brought. Mm-hmm. But Franz didn't come and talk to us. Mm-hmm. And Elon didn't come and talk to us. A lot of high powerful people among Tesla did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was no mention of the Model 3. So I think they finally wore out. They finally broke down. And we got to go see the Model 3. Da, da, da. And it turned out to be the Alpha car. Oh. But it was the nice. The Silver Alpha car. The Silver Alpha. It was Which so has nice. white interior. White interior. It does not have forward-facing cameras. Right? The the little Because it's an Alpha? I don't know. Maybe they hadn't gotten to that point, right? It was pre. They only put the eight camera system on production right. cars starting last October, right. but the and Alpha was, was made event. prior to Alpha four one sixteen, and so it's got just a plain windshield detector, you know, rain detector sensor underneath the mirror. Did it splash you? No, uh, <laughs> but I was standing like. Within six inches. Evidently, at the VIP event, people were like feet, many feet away from it. And they had it sitting next to a Model S. And I swear, I've looked at Teslas a lot. I took a double take, not being sure which one was which. So that was my first question. Um, Interesting. Can you tell the difference? Because when I look at these videos, is it just me? But I'm like, I think a Model 3 could drive past me and I would not be able to tell the difference. Well... The things that I look at to tell the the difference are, number one, the door handles. They have the J or hockey puck style door handles. And the trunk. If you look at the hood, it's got the Tesla symbol flat on the hood and the hood flat meets the front of the car. The front of the car, though, looks similar to the S. Right. It has the same sort of lip. Uh, It's got extra creases. So when you're looking down at the hood on the Tesla 
S. It has a one, you know, if you imagine the hood stretching across, there's a crease and then the, the corner panels drop down. This car has two creases in that area that kind of join it with the A pillar and are really slick, really good looking. I'm, I'm, I'm really good looking. And there's literally no dash. So when you look into the car, I, I bet I could see your umbilicus as oh. you sat in the front seat. And Elon talked about that again at that – not again, but I rewatched that Model 3 launch date. And he talked about the reason some of that was to get room for five adults in that car, mm-hmm. right? He wanted to minimize the space that the dashboard took up mm-hmm. so he could bring those front seats forward a little right. bit and give leg room to the people in the back seat, which I still – I don't know what your impressions were the second go round uh, on the leg room in well, the background. That, that, that's when they tackled me and zip tied me and took me away because I tried to get in the mm-hmm. car. Were you wearing a talking Tesla shirt at the time? Because that could be bad <laughs> for be, us. No, that could be good. So you you didn't get to look. You didn't get to I, sit inside the car. Nobody sat. Nobody. nobody period. Nobody, nobody sat in the car. But remember, this was the car that people sat in and got test drives in yeah. a year ago, a little over a year ago. But the car is gorgeous, the sides of the car. So the other thing that is interesting and or a little bit, I don't know, not disturbing, but the back of the car looks like more like a Model X. It's got more of a humpiness to it, a rounded top to it Mm -hmm. than the Model S, which is flat across. But the car sits with the same beautiful stance. I mean, to think that this car is going to be the same price, more or less, as a Bolt or like an Audi a4 Electron, I think it's called, or any of or those. BMW 3 Series. There's no comparison. This car is like stratosphere above from the way just that it looks. How it drives, I can't speak to. But it's it's beautiful. And Speak to it, Robert. Speak to it. It is beautiful. And when I read online and I get tweets and I look at tweets and I hear on the YouTube and everything, yeah. people are like, oh, but it doesn't have this. Oh, but it's not this. Oh, my. I was like, oh, my God, I'm glad I'm not your spouse. Yeah, but I feel like I, I think all three of us in the room were there not that long ago, right? Like we're like, oh, it doesn't have this, not going to have that. Is it going to have this? We want all of this stuff. And now we're slowly because we talk about it constantly and we read about it and we're informed by yes. our own investigations into it, it's all starting to make sense as to the reasons why. And we're becoming – we've reached the point in the five pillars, right? We were at acceptance, right? We, yeah. we, we've passed denial and anger. I and know, I've still got some denial about the air <laughs> suspension and a little bit of anger. Right. If, they use, through that yet. if they use this as the basis for the why, again, another winner car. And it's just yeah. a matter of how they reconstruct the interior. The other – the other thing that you're seeing on that comparison chart, and I don't know, sorry I got here late, but did you guys talk about the comparison chart that's on the Tesla website or no? We did that last week okay. in some detail. Yeah. But the one that's actually on the Tesla website. Right. right. Okay. Which has And changed. so that one lists two sizes of wheels. And I just right. wanted to bring up in the launch event, each one of the three Alpha cars had a different wheel style. Yeah. So there may be multiple wheel styles available on the three as well, but that... Interesting that they've decided to make two different size wheels. That also seems very counter. I don't think those are going to be available in the first first run. So you've told us about the front. You've told us about – but let's uh, – second to sort of Tom's point from earlier. Could you tell me about the buttocks? The buttocks. I didn't actually get a look at the buttocks of the Alpha car because it was tucked in a corner next to an S. But I did later that evening. In fact, dun, dun. I almost – drove into the buttocks 
of a beautiful blue Model 3 because uh, after this event, after this, you know, super secret, splashy reveal to us, uh, I guess, post VIPers, <laughs> uh, we're all walking out. And I had given a ride to the event because we carpooled to Martin from the Belgian Club. And Martin travels with like a suitcase and another suitcase. And the other suitcase is full of camera equipment. So Martin and I uh, were talking and I, I'm the wheels, and I'm the driver, and he's the camera. Mm-hmm. And so he and I decided we're going to just go out for a little look-see after this long day, and maybe we'll get lucky and see a Model 3. You mean like in Fremont or in the parking lot? Like everywhere. Okay. We're like uh, – we went on every surface that was built by government road builders. Okay. Yeah, because we didn't want to go – so you just hung out at the Tesla main uh, corporate headquarters a little bit probably? Not, and... Well, no. Actually, what we really did is we drove around towards the service center, and there's mm-hmm. actually a gated area that used to have uh, free – like you could just look right through the cyclone fence. It's just piles of tires that have been well used, and there were threes back there. But now they've mm-hmm. put up tarps, and you can't see into it. So that wasn't very – you know, we weren't going to go prying the tarps and such. So then we went around because there's the – Tesla test track. And so we drove around towards the test track. And the test track sits on Tesla property and Union Pacific property Mm -hmm. because there's all the train lines Mm -hmm. running behind the factory. And so we went there and we at sunset are watching and looking. And I got many, many pictures of Model 3 and driving on the test track. They're basically doing launch, repeat, launch, repeat, launch, repeat, launch, repeat, and driving it around, driving it on the rough surface road back there. Are they driving it hard? Like screeching the tires and all that good stuff? I didn't hear any tire screeching, but then I didn't get close enough for the tire – well – Maybe on the launches, I heard a little bit of a squeak. But not around like the curbs and stuff like that. No, the curbs were pretty far away. Um, we're sitting – I'm showing Tom a picture of the uh, of the track where we're, we're, we're sitting. We're getting pretty close. Here, I'm going to show to, to Mel. Is that my Model 3 right there? That one yeah, looks that's pretty Tom's. Nice. So there's a beautiful Model 3. We're looking through a fence. There's the test track and in the background is the Tesla factory. So they were going launch, repeat, launch, repeat, launch, repeat. With Model S's, X's. And threes. Wow. And did they have a drag race between all three of them? No, what? they only did one at a time. And, you know, it's funny. Here we are, a bunch of enthusiasts, multiple times. Enthusiasts. We're, we're there and we're like, oh, here comes a three. Oh, no, it's an S. Here comes a three. Oh, See, no, it's, it's going to be S. really hard to tell the difference. And that's a good thing because I hope people I don't, do love their S's. I hope I don't accidentally <laughs> get in the wrong cars in the morning. Well, yeah, Tom might just like get it. They might just throw you an S when you bought a three and you'd be like, you'd never know for like a year. I was driving down the street on Victory uh, the other day and there's a lot of car transport vehicles that get parked on Victory occasionally. And I saw the Tesla one. Just reminded me of something. It's covered in X's and S's. Who knows? Maybe one of those was a three. It wasn't. Well, what's today's date, boys? I don't know. The 5th? It is. It's the 5th of June. And what comes at the end of June? July. (laughs) <laughs> nice. No, well even done, before, buddy. Even before July. Before, the mid, end of June? The end of June, which is the end of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Yes. What happens at the end of the second quarter? Tesla goes berserk delivering cars. And so – By the another, end of the second quarter. So right. they, have, they have 25 so, days. So also spotted on the grounds of the factory mm-hmm. were uh, transport trucks for Model Xs and Ss. How many transport trucks? All of them. Like – a, bu- a ton, a, ton of them. a special ton, not yeah. a swearing ton. There were, 
I don't know. Somebody said here there were like 30 or 40. I have a picture of it here. Like lineups of transport trucks. Interesting. Those oh, are all in, most of those are the enclosed versions, which may be uh, for oh. sending the threes to Ohio, where the biggest private test track is for testing out vehicles. They wouldn't send that many to Ohio. They, there's a ton of them in Ohio right now. Do a you ton of think threes? that maybe a ton of threes. like probably twenty threes in Ohio right now getting tested? Maybe they are going to pull. Model 3s in those, and they're going to send them to all of the factory showrooms across Southern California so that I can go sit my buttocks <laughs> in one. You're here's, not sitting in one before you the, get to order Here's it. the quote. Quote. No way. Guys told us Tesla has 70 car carriers to deliver S's and X's for end of quarter. Yeah. 70. 70. 70. Go on, Rob. My this is God. so exciting. I'm so excited My about God. all this. So we're at the test track. What happens mm-hmm. next? What happens next? So we got lots of pictures that night. Mm-hmm. We posted them. If you go to uh, – I actually put a YouTube up of this blue. So we're we're taking pictures. The sun is setting. I'm getting crap for pictures on my iPhone. Martin was doing pretty good. Uh, and he put a bunch of great pictures up on the uh, Tesla Club BE. Not BM. Not BM. BE. Tesla Club BE. Wow. Uh, that's his Twitter uh, – the club's Twitter account. They're fantastic pictures. I'm glad to have driven him around. It was a lot of fun. And then we're going to go back to the hotel because I'm told there were some talking Tesla fans at the hotel. Of course there were. Yeah. They're everywhere. And uh, and uh, we're driving and we're like looking around. Like, Just keep an eye out for a Model 3. And all of a sudden, a blue one pulls right in front of us. Oh, that's right in so front cool. Of us. I've seen the video. I mean, you're right. You almost smash into it, it looks like. Yeah. Well, I was driving with a foot on the brake and a foot on the on the accelerator because I wanted to be up close and get Martin in a good position. And so I just flicked on my iPhone, which just peers over the dash. So I had to do some editing and, and cutting from that, uh, you know, cropping down of that video. And that's also up. That's up on uh, a YouTube channel that YouTube made for me, which has got some crazy name, like RCR 2200, I think. And I don't know how to change that. And whatever. It's already gotten over 7,300 hits because it got linked to uh, to uh, Tesla Roddy. Gene put it up. I let him know that we all had tons of pictures. And so they just put out a piece. And the Tesla Roddy link is on here as well. We went back to the hotel. Like I said, a buzz with Tesla folks, including a number of talking Tesla fans. So I'm going to give a shout out to Mark Print and James Mott, who came all the way from Glasgow and Colchester in England. From for... Glasgow. Glasgow. And he Bloody, was... I want my Model 3. I don't want it now. <laughs> Hurry up, you're killing me. Jeez. Is that... it's, it's not quite small like enough it. to put in carry-on, but your accent is spot on. Thank it's you. wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. I, what can I say? I can't even beat that. And so um, uh, it, uh, another thing was – I left you speechless. speechless. Come on, get it out, laddie. We've got to get the show moving. Oh, my God. No, you have a golf no. tournament to go We're to. We're not here to make love to spiders. That's a different way of wow. saying it, but <laughs> go on. I like, oh, my God. I like that. I kind of do I like that. And so while we're there hanging out with everybody, lots of talk, talk, talk about the events. It really – it's when I got the sense that the VIP event was rather a dud. So I'm really glad that I was there for the alternate event. And so uh, one of the lines that I heard was that the Model 3, quote, looks like it's moving even when it's still. And that was from Trev, who that night I sent him a quick email because we had been going back and forth a bit before uh, both of us show up. And he said uh, he'd be interested in going out 
again in the morning with Martin and I for another safari of Model 3 sightings. And? And then we went back to the test track, and and the best vantage point is from the Union Pacific uh, Rail Lines area, and uh, and took fantastic pictures of the, I think that day it was a silver, I think it was number 53. I don't know. Trevor's like keeping track of every single number sighted, because they all have numbers on the right side rear window. Oh, like, wow. Pretty visible. And so, you know, he could probably tell you how many miles each one has driven. They're getting pretty rabid out there, the Model 3 fans, which I love. But so I you would could just... just go to the test site, and they're out there all day now, just whipping around, yeah. doing their testing. Yeah. Road trip. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was a great community of folks. I had a great time. Um, and it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, you all who are listening to Talking Tesla should find your local Tesla club, join your local Tesla club, hang out with other Tesla folks, and spread the love you know, do your part. And Tesla made a big point of one of the presentations they made for us is they're ramping up their advocacy efforts. That's legislative advocacy. And so it's Tesla club members who've been very instrumental in helping the fight in uh, Connecticut, in Texas, in Michigan to get Teslas to be able to be sold there. Now there's a whole new front, which has to do with the solar roof and solar uh, net metering that would help the adoption of solar energy. So you can play a big part in this. And it may only be, you know, call your local or state, you know, representatives, or it may be write a letter, or it might be come on out for a rally and let's give rides to, you know, your state senators. All right, well, let's move on. This is very exciting, Model 3. It's coming. It's, I mean, this is, this is happening soon. I'm very excited. Yeah, did you just did you just realize that it's happening soon? I keep having the revelation over and over again that this is June, and you know what the end of June is? It's the, end of June. Of, <laughs> the end of June is July. You yeah, said that July. earlier. And in July, guess what? What coming? happens in July? Model three. Oh, it feels like we've already gone through this. Yeah. Hey Google, what's Tesla's stock price? Oh, it's exciting. As of 11.48 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time today, the price for Tesla shares on NASDAQ is $338.07, down 0.52% from last Friday. $338? What the what? It was in the what? 340s. I think it was 344. What has two thumbs and wish he'd bought more at 185? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, at least you're not the other sucker in the room who didn't buy shares. I don't have any shares. Oh, dear. Okay. I have so few, it feels like none. Mm. Let's talk about bundling and the end of the 90. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is an article from Tesla Rowdy. So there is a new design studio, which is not yet up, or at least not as last night. There are some very weird things happening at the Design Center studio online right now, though. The idea here is that they're going to start sort of bundling S's and X's into three different groups. Now, you'll still be able to design it, but if you're just like lazy, I just couldn't be bothered. Give me the standard bundle, the premium bundle, or the performance bundle. So they're going to give you a whole series of pre-selected stuff, and you can just click on the button and say, this is the one I want. The 90-kilowatt version, it be going away. Right, and this is more in line, interestingly enough, with how a lot of other car companies do their packages, right? Like the Bolt, for instance, comes in an LT and a Premier, right? So it's falling more in line kind of with what people are expecting. And I wonder if that's because they know they're about to have a whole lot more people that are used to looking at cars in a very different way. I want this package and that package. I'm not – like most people – 
besides the people in this room and the people that listen to this show aren't really used to a la carte car buying experience. Right. It's a, kind of a new thing. Yeah. And I like the the nomenclature here better than the, the what? The nomenclature, the describing, the naming mechanism. <laughs> because mostly it's like you get a Bolt LS or a Bolt TEX72. I'm like, what? I want, I want this. I want standard. I want premium. Hmm. Or I want super duper fast with all the toys. But what if you want premium and performance? Then where are you? Well, then you're screwed. There's no, there's no, no well, car performance comes with premium. Or but what if I want standard performance? You got to get performance. premium performance. Okay, moving on. So you're going to have a 75 kilowatt hour battery and a 100 kilowatt. So they're simplifying things a lot. This makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. 75 and 100. We can also expect very soon the new cell, the 2170 cell in the car coming soon. Now, I hope this means faster charging with version 3 superchargers, but I don't know. And as of today, this is an interesting thing, and I'm curious if you guys either know about this or what your reactions are, so I'm going to be looking at you very closely. If you go right now today and click on a 75, what option is not available to you? Do you under, that is Dual available? motor. Smart air suspension is not even an option on a 75. It's an option on a 90, and it comes standard on the 100. That's upsetting. Hopefully that's going to change. Why would it change, right? So, again, you look at this as, like, are they trying to simplify it? And at the moment, it's actually less simple, right? Because now you you, you buy a 75, you don't get it. You buy a 90, you can get it for $2,500. You buy a 100, it comes with it. It's very, very, like, less simplified, at least until they eliminate the 90. Right. So I wonder what movements. Surely they're going to sell an S, the high-end car with air suspension. But why? Okay, so why aren't they doing it now? Yeah. Is it a mistake? Yeah, somebody just forgot to fill out that yeah. tab. Yeah, they didn't just activate that box. I don't know. I guess maybe they're working on, again, simplifying and speeding things up, but it doesn't make much sense to me. Okay, so I got tear, I got tear, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. You ready? I'm going to say it again. What? Once you go air suspension, you never go back. It's a lot of fun. I've got to have air suspension at all times. I don't know. I wonder how much it actually helps on the highway because it was originally billed as being able to automatically lower you to the, you know, there's four settings, mm-hmm. very high, high, standard, and low. And it was meant to l- drop you to the to the low when you hit a certain speed. And yeah. then, then they upgraded the software. You could set your speed. And I wonder how much that actually provides more range. Well, it helps with how, the downforce, right? right? All of that stuff. And I wonder how much... It has been sort of like made not important when we have larger batteries and dual motors. Well, here are the two things that I use smart air suspension for. It doesn't have anything to do with range or aerodynamics or any of that stuff. I use it to get into my driveway, which I spoke about, ad nauseum. Another thing is if you go to a parking lot with those little concrete bumpers, right, if you – there have been many times yes. where you can you hear that, right? Yep. If you every time you hear that, you click your air suspension to the highest ride, it automatically sets that location. And anytime you go into that parking lot again, you're not going to scrape the bottom of your car. That makes it or really your nice. wife's car. In my personal case, and that's probably worse. They should, they should get on hands and knees and look under the car and say, Tom? "Thankfully, no." Chinese automotive parts supplier Yanghua starts shipping parts for the Tesla Model 3. This was an article from theinvestor.co.kr, which I don't even know where that is. So this is a company that is going to be making uh, stuff for the Model 3 and an $8.2 million deal, uh, differential gear. um, And I thought, 
I don't really care about this, except it reminded me personally, yeah. there's a whole bunch of suppliers. Mm-hmm. And if those suppliers have a hiccup, if there is a monsoon, if there's an earthquake, if there's a problem, then uh, Model 3s don't come off the line on time. And this is what Elon talked about before. It's one thing to say we're going to have this Model 3 come out on July 3rd. But if one, just one of the many suppliers to the car company of Tesla doesn't get their act together for some reason, you don't get Like a Model the 3. guy making cup holders over there in, uh, I don't know, Kyoto, the Kyoto cup holder factory, Actually, and they don't send them to Fremont, then what? I believe all the plastics are done at the factory I heard okay, so that was a bad example. So how about the lug nuts from Kyoto? Uh, I heard that uh, something like 95% of Model 3 is built in America. American. It could be 99.99573. But it's but still factories. But if that factories. last little bit comes from somewhere else and you need it, like, I don't know, the brakes. But it's still going to be, even if it's all built and made in America, it's going to be coming from a lot of suppliers right, all the, over the country. But the supply chain gets shorter, so you don't have to worry about a ship sinking, a typhoon. It becomes you know, brought over mostly by land, maybe by, by, by ship. Unless, of course, heavy. it's this differential, because I, I got news my, for you. I shipped my Model 3. You ship your Model 3. There's an ad campaign here by Kmart, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, (laughs) and uh, it's very funny, and it's about shipping, but the way it's said is I ship my pants. It seems that, uh, whatever, let's move on. Please. Uh, Let's talk about Hyundai's new electric bus. It has 180 miles of range and fully charges an hour. This is from The Verge, so you've got a mass-produced bus here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's got a 256-kilowatt-hour battery pack. It's coming in not 2020, but 2018. Drop the mic. That's very soon. That means it's real. Its competitor is Proterra, which we've talked about, which is coming out later this year with a mm. 660 kilowatt hour battery and a 350 miles range. That's huge. That's like you could go to Vegas in that bus. So this bus has Wi-Fi. It's electric. It goes about 250 miles. That's actually the next bus. There's oh, that's another, another bus. bus. A yeah. green, mo- green power motor company. That's a really cool story. You cannot swing a cat in this room without hitting an electric, electric bus. bus. It's wonderful. All of these electric buses, we're moving forward. They make sense. This is a Vancouver company, but they're actually opening a factory and service center in Porterville, California. And they're building out the buses for Porterville, California. That, how, talk about locally sourcing. Shout out to Porterville. Woo-hoo. Where's Porterville? It's in the Central Valley. There little, you go. little south and of... And you linked uh, us to a video of this bus, and it looks so slick and cool and Tesla-like. It's a so double-decker. Nice. I want one of these buses here. It's a 100-seat. It's a big bus. You should buy one. No thanks. You're a doctor. Uh, so very cool. We like these electric buses, but boy, these are big batteries. You're going to have to have a big power supply to charge that now. But I have a question for you, gentlemen. So the one bus has 180 miles of range. The second bus that we spoke about has 350 miles of range. The third bus has 250 miles of range. I like the idea of the 180 miles of range and the one-hour charging because, again, that seems like how could a bus be driving more than that in a day, a normal transit bus around the the neighborhood and stuff? And then so you have this hour to charge. You get 360 miles. If that is the most cost-effective version, that would be the version I would say let's go with that because, as you know, the people who rely on public transportation rely on it to be inexpensive and accessible. You mean not expensive, inexpensive, yes. I said inexpensive, didn't I? Know. I? You said I kinda, not. You said in, not in. It's the same thing. So what? it was inexpensive, cheap. Inexpensive. And expensive. And not expensive. Inexpensive, yeah. Triple A claim rate. Oh, you want to get under Tesla's 
goat, here's what you do. I, does Tesla have a goat? They have the one. Cubs <laughs> had, a, had that curse of the goat for 100 years, and, well, that's a different story. Zerohedge.com says that AAA, which is one of the biggest auto um, insurance companies here in the United States, the best, is raising rates on Tesla drivers. And they say <sighs> so for two reasons. One, Teslas are getting into more crashes than other cars. Mm. And two... They're way more expensive to fix. Now, we knew the second part. We knew the aluminum body S's and X are very expensive to fix. But they're saying that these Tesla owners are going crashy-crashy more than other people. So this is obviously a percentage rate and not an overall because, again, there's not as many Teslas as, say, the Honda Accord. But they must be – this must be a percentage play for – I heard more details that they are using, like – strict numbers and spreadsheets, they're not really looking at the picture of what's going on. They're comparing Tesla as a class car. In other words, it's a luxury car. It holds five passengers. So does a Volvo station wagon. And so do other cars that you would not be driving quickly. So it's really a poor comparison. But AAA uh, was countered by Tesla. They reviewed their numbers. They said they added additional data. And maybe in the end, they just say, wow, if you can afford a Tesla, you can afford $300 extra a year in insurance. So we're just going to go for it. Yes. It's not clear that they're comparing apples to oranges or pears and Tesla might be screwed. Now, Tesla is- AAA. Me too. I want it, and now I'm not sure if I do want it. Tesla is self-insuring in some countries, and this might accelerate not only renewable energy, but Tesla's desire to right. insure themselves. So true. Now, as an aside on this article, there is this other group called Root, which has an app where you turn on the app, you drive around a certain amount, and the app works out what kind of drive you are, and it determines what kind of insurance rate to give you based on really? that. But is it does... Good? The AAA use route when figuring out their AAA. This is a separate things. insurance company that's oh, trying to like be very so. specific. Like Tom's a really right. safe driver. Let's give Tom a good rate. Uh, Mel's crashing his car all the time because he's going into launch mode and launching into trees all the time. Not good. Well, I think the the the, the lady with the white the the flow, flow. lady yeah. right they the that company has also a sort of a thing where it plug it into your car and it tracks your driving as well. And this Root company says, and if you have a Tesla with autopilot, the, that significantly reduces your chance of a crash, so we'll lower your rates even more. Have you used these guys? Should I try it? I have not used them. I think they're pretty new. So uh, it's just out there, maybe one to take a look at. All right. Um, I just dropped something under autonomous driving. Yes, talk about autonomous driving and the ISS, the International Space Station. I, I dropped three tweets with pictures because the Dragon capsule this Monday morning while we're recording just linked up with the ISS space station. That's the first reused Dragon capsule. And the first reused uh, vehicle to visit the space station since the space shuttle. Ah, but not including the Falcon 9 first stage. But that didn't visit the space station. You're correct. I just want to be specific for those folks no, I who understand are that. distracted drivers. Right so now. let's go back. There was a bit of a launchy launch uh, a couple of days ago, go, <laughs> and there was a Dragon capsule and a uh, rocket yes. from SpaceX, and it went up in the air. Yes. And the first stage came back and landed, not only landed back at uh, Cape Canaveral, but it stuck the landing so perfectly. It's amazing. And then the Dragon capsule went up to the Stacey Station in the spacey space, and it just got there. 
It Why? just arrived. Everybody turns the show off when you do that. No, I think they, I think it's the favorite part of the <laughs> Everybody, show. I turn the show off. Actually, <laughs> it, it makes up for you not saying electric the right way anymore. Oh, that is sad. It only took nine minutes, right? I pulled off the highway on my way back from the factory event, and uh, I'm sitting in a parking lot chewing up data and uh, watching the ISS take off at 1407. And by 1416, that's military time. It was the, the first stage was touched back down on LZ1, which is the landing zone one. Um, they, they mentioned in the pre-launch uh, press conference, which was last Wednesday, that they've almost got the other Kennedy Space Center, the, you know, the, the pad that they blew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've, got it, they've almost got it completely refurbished so they can be launching simultaneously, essentially. Simultaneously. One thing they put in this Dragon capsule, and if I was on the space station, I would be irritated. They put flies and, uh, and mice. Like, what the hell's up with that? Like, That's I mean, the last yeah. thing I need in a space station is a zero-gravity fly bugging me all night. Oh, that'd be, that would be so bad. What would bad. a zero-gravity fly be like? How would you use a, 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 your, your fly swatter? There's no, no surface they that have, flies like, on. They have, their own Velcro, right, though? So, like, they could stick still stick to any surface. <laughs> you got to use one of those... Uh, those Flies uh, might be the perfect astronauts, actually. Amphibian lizards that has the tongue that, you know, throws out and... Grabs the fly. You know, I think you speaking just got of all this, I was started to watch the movie Life last night with Jake Ooh. Gyllenhaal. So handsome, um, <laughs> and it's uh, I haven't finished. It's it's basically like all of the movies where there's an alien in space. At first, everything's fine. Everybody gets along well. Then an alien comes along and starts eating people. Yeah, never are the aliens. Very rarely do the aliens come and they're like, "Hey, you guys, I found a new way to make espresso." Yeah, it's like I'm going to share that with you. Uh, got a cure for cancer. I just want to be friends. Mostly they want to eat us. Look, let's move on. Elon at the factory. Uh, Jalopnik says this. Um, Elon is going to jump into the line and do the work of anybody hurt in the Tesla factory. And I don't know what all that means. And I don't know how long he's going to work there for. And this is probably all a publicity stunt. Or is it that Elon wants to say, if you got hurt, I want to find out why maybe we can fix this part of the factory. Yeah, I think he's put the managers of the production lines on notice. I'm going to do your job if you can't do your job. And you might remember back a while ago, he had this miraculous secretary scheduler who worked by his side for many, many years. And she asked for a raise to be paid what she's worth. And he said, why don't you go on vacation? And I'm going to see what I can do uh, while you're gone. And basically, he took over her job and continued to do his job. And when she came back, he gave her a severance package. So Elon's pretty like, don't mince meat. We got we got to do here. Do your job. And That's the, messed up, by the way. That, that is, is a, so the jet. most messed up thing I have ever that heard. That is a terrible Elon story. He's a terrible person. <laughs> what are you doing? Super messed up, you know, man. The, I, think I have he's to a, say, it's a person with a family. How much has this guy accomplished compared to either of us? Oh, don't get me wrong. I know why. I know his particular personality disorder. Yeah, it's like it's. He would see that sort of as a um, a test. Boy, okay, so she wants more money. Um, let me just see or him. I don't know if it was. Uh, either one um but just sort of as a test well maybe it would be more efficient if i just did it all myself and i'd save myself another fifty thousand dollars and to him sometimes i think that there is that lack of the humanism part mm-hmm. it's like oh it's just a just a test to see how efficient i can be the right. elon robot as it were well yeah. so elon i mean this looks like another you know elon sleeping in the sleeping bag at the end of the line right. he's gonna he's gonna and he wants to talk to every worker once they're recovered to find out what happened 
what exactly happened. There's no unintended consequences, right? I'm a worker on the line. I'd love to meet Elon. Let me just stick my hand in front of the robot while it's pressing something together. And what is wrong with you? Constant conspiracy theory. So now you've got an employee on the line at, at Tesla who's like, you know, I'd really like to meet Elon. Let me see if I put my hand in this stamping machine. <laughs> and then Elon will do my job. He's not going to do your job. No, but you and then when I Elon. come back, he's going to come back and be like, so what happened? And you're going to be, uh, I put my hand in the stamping <laughs> machine so I could meet you. And then Elon slaps you and walks up. <laughs> now, what if we take this further? What if the robot wants to meet Elon? And he's like, oh, see that human there? Let me just stamp that human. I want to meet and then Elon. Elon will come round. I am Colossus. I would like to meet you, Elon. I have AI capabilities. Why is every robot voice so silly? Uh. I don't know. Everybody knows they speak Scottish. <laughs> well, if it's my, not a Scottish robot, it's crap. My phone robot voice speaks in an Australian accent. Mm. Rooftop solar panels are great for the planet, but terrible for firefighters, according to Wired magazine. So this story starts out with a routine call of a house burning down and the firefighters are doing their firefighting thing. And one of the things I guess they do is they hop on the top of your house and they punch big holes to let out the hot air and the smoke. That is correct. Now, it turns out that modern installations of solar panels allows you to go to the side of the house and just turn off the electricity. I had to have two shutoffs installed, one closer to a locked front gate and one farther back towards the panel's for this very reason. It turns out... I have one for each run of solar panels and one for all the solar panels. It's... Why don't? Why do we need so many switches? In California, the article is about the fact that California sort of leads this country in solar energy, and so we have lots of regulations and lots of safety stuff for firefighters. We have shutoffs every five minutes. I've got shutoffs everywhere outside in my house um, because I guess it can be a problem if it's sunny and the uh, firefighters are up there and there's water and there's stuff going on and they cut the wrong thing, they can go. They said that even their floodlights that they use at nighttime when they're trying to see around a fire oh, will generate enough electricity that it's dangerous for the firefighters. So uh, this was uh, sort of in Oklahoma City, and this 20-year veteran says, well, here we're not really instituting all of these safety measures yet because in my 20 years I've never been on a roof that has solar panels because <laughs> they're behind. <laughs> All this to say is it'll stop me bitching a little bit next time I try and put solar panels on and they say, well, you need a four-foot cutoff around here so the firefighters can walk around your stupid panel. Right, and they do this to save your home. That's what they're doing, right? They're trying to to get uh, the smoke and hot air out of the house so they can go into the house and put the fire out of the house. Because typically the fire can be very small, located in one corner, but fill your whole house with smoke. They can't really get in there very easily. But here's an interesting question. You've all seen the videos of the solar roof, right? Yes. It will be a 100% solar roof. They have dropped all sorts of really heavy things on this roof, and it has not budged an iota. Right. So in this particular instance, if I'm a fireman and I go up there and I'm hitting it with my axe, and she's going to be bouncing back at me. They probably have a system by which they can use the ads of the axe mm-hmm. and lift up, pry up the panels to expose what's underneath. That's what I expect. But it was really nice. And UL came out. That's the Underwriters Laboratory, which basically rates every electrical product in the United States. And you want to see the UL Underwriters Laboratory label. And they gave the Tesla solar roof the highest rating. The solar roof or the No, the, the solar, the solar roof. roof. Yeah, the solar roof. But that they don't now, rate it on things about like ease of firefighter uh, access. I'm not sure what they're Quali- you know, the, the string of, uh, of qualifications are, but that's, that gives me a good feeling. I believe that Tesla um, is going to give all the firefighters small nuclear uh, weapons. 
On the plus to, side, to the, fire holes into them. That's not going to happen, people. Uh, on the plus side, the solar roof, unlike your shake roofs or any other types of non-asphalty roofs, will not burn. Yeah, and if you're in an area where there's like brush fires and embers falling on your house, mm-hmm. you don't have to, you know, the images of people standing with their garden hoses hosing mm-hmm. down their roof. Their shake shingle roofs. Yeah, not necessary. Right. Wow. There's another good reason to get a solar roof. And another one on top of that, which oh. people haven't talked about, is that if you live in an area where there's not a lot of water, like Australia yes. or Southern California, yes. and you want to collect your roof water for things like your plants and you're, dry, you're growing like apples or something, and you don't want to put like the water from the tar-covered roof on your apples, solar roof is going to be gloss. That's glass here in America. The solar roof is going to be glass. You can collect that water and literally, you know, once you skim off the first run, you could drink it. Yeah, but you can – I mean people do that, you know, water their plants with their asphalt roofs. People with yeah, three arms do. I'm sorry? How bad is that? It's, I don't think it's that bad at all. Really? Hey, Tesla. Like benzene, toluene, all kinds of stuff in there. Know, and are you making things up? Because nope. you, do you know that these are bad things or are you just making up? It's but, not safe for human consumption. It's oily. But plants have a tendency to be able to filter all that stuff out and then it doesn't get into the food. Anywho. You know, speaking of which, this weekend, you know what I did? I got Uh, up on my roof and I trimmed trees and I cleaned solar panels. Wow. Made me feel good inside. When I came home from the forest, I didn't notice that my trees were trimmed and my solar panels were clean. So clearly you just did your own. Yeah, mostly you just weren't just mine. like It Not wasn't like a random thing you were doing over the weekend, like cleaning people's <laughs> solar panels. And I got to tell you, it's a bit concerning because you get up there and I haven't cleaned them in a few months. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I live in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yes. And uh, they are absolutely caked oh, in dirty. dirtiness. Filth. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. I'm breathing that crap in. You are. I need to move to Oregon. Well, some of that was put down uh, during the rain, comes directly like off the trees and onto the thing. So you're not necessarily breathing in. But here's a question for you. When you cleaned it, yes. did you do an A, B, like this is what I'm producing right now, yes. and one hour later I'm producing? Yes. Did you see a noticeable I've done difference? That over the last 10 years of cleaning my solar panels a lot, and there can easily be a 20% increase in energy after you clean these puppies. I've also noted this as an aside to you experimenters out there, the times when I get the most solar energy mm-hmm. is on a sunny day mm-hmm. when a small cloud goes in front of the sun. The light gets scattered differently. Diffused. And my energy usage, my energy production in the panels goes way up. And I'm thinking, I know MIT was working on some sort of film that you put all the solar panels that increases it, but there's something about the scattering on a bright day through a cloud that increases my solar production. I think what you're looking at is, right, we know that heat is inefficient when it pertains to solar panels, right? So you're getting no real reduction in the overall light or the and the rays getting through that cloud, but you are getting a drastic reduction in the amount of general heat directly on those panels, and that's probably what's causing it. It's a theory, unproven, like it. Go test it. There's something in this. And I'm sure other people have seen it. I'm sure they're working on it. I'm not the only idiot that walks past their solar panels when a cloud goes by and sees it goes up and go, hang on a minute. You might be the only idiot. No, you're not the only idiot. I'm sure sure people are working also on on sort of coatings for solar panels for particular areas to keep the dust from sticking to it. Maybe an anti-electromagnetic sort of. I'm working on like a vanilla coating. You go lick it because, like, when that way, like, there's a nice vanilla aroma around your house when you, when nice. the sun is on. That's a great idea. Hey, the Tesla chief drops plans to visit Korea. Who uh, wants to talk about this? So this is uh, this was 
Elon last week, sorry, Elon last week in Australia, sending out Twitter pictures of or Instagram pictures of him and his kids in front of the Sydney Opera House, telling everybody how beautiful Sydney is. And then uh, he was supposed to go to, or at least the thought was he was going to go to Korea because Korea has its launch. They have launched the Model S. They're delivering the first cars and they're opening up a gaggle of superchargers. But it turns out Elon did not go. And there was some disappointment, though. I don't know. I wonder. Uh, here's a shout out. Hello. Hello. Do we have our, our Korean fans out there from Korea? Would you just let us know if you're there and uh, and what you thought about this? Give us a little send us a little note. Uh, if it, if we need to uh, translate it, we can always use Google Translate. And so anyway, they're they're opening up superchargers in Korea like crazy, including one they have planned for Jeju-do Island, which I went to, spent a few days there. It's a beautiful island. It's so scenic. In fact, it is the wedding capital of Korea, but it's a small island. I mean, it's literally, I don't know, seven miles, the, the size, and they're putting a supercharger on it. Maybe it's a 30-mile sized island. It's very small. And so I thought... Feels like it doesn't need a supercharger. Why a supercharger? And so maybe it's because there's no infrastructure there for charging cars. And, uh, you know, all of the ex-wedding limo companies that are, you know, they're going to now create these limo companies. It'll be cool if you get driven around after your wedding in an X. Mm -hmm. They'll need the supercharger. And maybe maybe there's a deal in there. I, I threw in a picture of what it looks like to get married in uh, Korea. It's very pretty, very, very, very colorful. Very. Yeah. So supercharger update. Give boy. It this list is very long. Boy, is You're this. You have to summarize quick because it's good. It's so long. There's nine newly opened superchargers. Are you happy, Mel? Nine. Thank you. Are they near me? Uh, no. No. Florida City, Florida, a Miami suburb. It's at the very bottom of Florida. Sort of like the next stop uh, would be traveling to the Florida Keys. Uh, Bolingbrook, Illinois, uh, southwest of Chicago. Do you know this one, Tom? I do. Well, what? What's what's any highlights about? Uh... So, you know, Chicago suburb, lovely. Yeah. Lots of Teslas in Chicago. Big fans out there. Yeah. I think uh, if you're on your way from Chicago to a very famous place, Joliet, Illinois, you'd need to stop at the supercharger because that is where Jake Blues was released from prison after serving time in Blues Brothers. We're getting the band back together. <laughs> yeah. I like to sit on the inside of the car with the car running to write the check. Ah. Very obscure reference from the Blues wow, Brothers. Wow. Yeah, so how many so years obscure. did how many years did Jake spend in Joliet prison? I do not know the answer to that question. No idea. Same as the Tesla we're tracking. Three. <gasps> oh, good one. It's amazing. And so there was Athens, Alabama, smack dab in the middle between Nashville and Birmingham, Victor, New York. Just outside Rochester, on your way to Syracuse, uh, I, th I think maybe you can feel good when you're supercharging there. You're getting power from Niagara Falls. And then we go abroad to Vergoric, Croatia. We go to Serignola, Italy. And there's another San Giovanni Trentino, Trentino. Italy, both of these places are little towns. There, There's not much to say about them. One, San Giovanni Trentino. Yeah, that, that, it's just kind of at the back wow, of the knee, that's good. back of the knee of the Italy. It didn't look very exciting, so I don't say much more. There was uh, Cheongnong. Do you want me to say it? Cheongnong, no. South Korea. It's about 85 miles south of Seoul. It's where the big uh, highway kind of splits when you're traveling, and it's a big hub. And then, of course, there's uh, the Gangnam uh, supercharger. Gangnam style. 
Up on Gumdog style. And then oh, the show oh, oh, jumped oh, oh. on the shark. Uh, Again. EJ, can you please edit all of that out? Uh, I wonder what it's like to supercharge Gugnum style. I do not wonder, and <laughs> I don't want to wonder. Interesting that Gangnam, you know, I didn't realize this, but it's like the Beverly Hills of South Korea. And if you look at the greater Gangnam area, mm-hmm. the price or the value of the real estate there mm-hmm. represents 10% of the land value of the entire country of South Korea. Yowza. That's amazing. So no wonder. Why don't they put, you know, a bunch of Tesla superchargers there? I hope it's Because those one. people will have chargers in their homes, Robert. Right. <gasps> but they're going to want to charge at the supercharger. It'll be a or status maybe the, symbol. Yeah. Maybe so. And then we've got a, a Tesla supercharger uh, permit pulled. There's a lot of permits and a lot under construction. But one that jumped out at me was Yermo, California. Yermo. And I thought, I've never. I've been to Yermo. I, I that I've never been to Yermo, or at least I didn't realize it. And I looked at it, and it turns out it's in Barstow, mm-hmm. and there are now going to be three supercharger stations in Barstow to make your trip to Essentials next year that much easier. That is exciting. I wish I drove to Essentials in a Tesla. Maybe I'll drive my M3. Why yeah, wouldn't I you? I think you would. Yermo is also famous because there is a big satellite, uh, not a satellite, a solar panels research facility thing there and has been for like 30 years. Yermo. You're dead. So let's talk about SpaceX again fast. Uh, so we did the launch, and just to remind people, so this is the first reused Dragon capsule. Mm-hmm. They're five for five on grand landings now, SpaceX, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. The cargo is going up to the space station. Um, they took 7,000 pounds of stuff. They got the flies. They got the mice. The mice are actually going up to study bone loss. It turns out one of the three of us actually worked for NASA and worked on uh, muscle and bone loss back okay, in the day. Okay, raise one of us your did. hand if you worked <laughs> for NASA uh, on I'm the just radio saying, show. I'm just saying wow. I probably, probably should have gone to the space station. You but probably should have. And uh, this was the 100th launch from 39A, which is the pretty cool pad that went to the moon. Land of Apollo. Now, well, the pad didn't go. Well, the pad didn't go so no. much as the things that the it things fired that it hundredth from launch. That, that is way cool. Yeah. And uh, here's mm-hmm. a story about Paul Allen, who is one of the founders of Microsoft, and it's from the Washington Post. Paul is uh, spending some cash on the world's biggest airplane because he can. Because he's got the cash. I mean, really world big. I mean, this thing is bigger than the Spruce Goose, which used to be the world's biggest plane. It's got a wingspan of 385 feet. Unfueled, it weighs 500,000 pounds. Why are you doing this, Paul? And I guess the reason is because they're going to launch satellites from this thing. Yeah. Is that right, Robin? Yeah, so the idea is quick turnaround. So this thing's basically a jet. It's a big jet. It has like six 747 jet engines on it, and it takes off in taxis on normal runways. It doesn't need a larger runway, and they can just strap in the middle. We'll, we'll put a picture in the show notes. It's like a catamaran. It's like a catamaran airplane. Yeah, exactly. And we used to have those, right? The B-29 Mitchell bomber. Yeah. I'm not sure why they did it then, but it looks cool now. And so in the center, they can either put a rocket with a satellite or a rocket with a crew capsule that uh, I have a picture of that they can basically dry, fly up to 35,000 feet, eliminate most or a lot of the need for, I don't know, expendable fuel because this thing's now already going 600 miles an hour and it's at 35,000 feet. And then they drop the rocket and it's almost like just a second stage-ish and takes it up to low Earth orbit. It's limited to like a 1,000 kilograms. So it's not going to deliver those big, heavy 12, 13,000 kilogram satellites that SpaceX is doing, but it would enable much smaller satellites to be deployed at a much lower price and could take uh, astronauts to and from space at a 
higher rate than could potentially other rocket systems. I can't speak for SpaceX because they're they're planning on launching like every three days in the next couple of years. But it's a really cool looking thing. It weighs uh, half a million pounds unfueled and it can it just carries a ton of stuff. The pictures are amazing. And um he says here that uh, Alan says that over the next weeks and months, they're going to be actively conducting ground and flight line testing at the Mojave Air and Space Port. And it's on track to perform its first launch demonstration in 2019. So that means it's really going to happen. Because if it was 2020, it would be fake. Let's do some hyperlooping. So Life Science is reporting that the first test facility of a hyperloop in Europe is uh, going to be up and running very soon. It's 100 feet long. They're using it to do sort of vacuum testing. And they believe that they could have a commercial hyperloop between Amsterdam and Paris by 2021. And that's important because when you come out of Amsterdam, you are hammered from all the weed and you can't (laughs) possibly drive to Paris. Right, Tom? And you, you you won't be nauseated in the Hyperloop because you've got all the weed. I can neither confirm Perm. nor deny. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, you know, and this reminds me, there's one thing I've been wanting to do ever since the Hyperloop competition is I've been following the Twitter feeds of all the different college and private Hyperloop organizations. And there's a lot of news out there. And um, I don't know that any of our listeners are up on it, but I think we should do our job to bring some of that information because there's a lot of stuff happening in the Hyperloop world. So maybe next week we'll do a little Hyperloop update, see where all these teams are, Robert. Sounds good. Courtesy of yourself. Hey, let's do potpourri. First of all, I found a boat for myself. I've been looking for a boat. Um, not really, but this would be the boat if I wanted a boat. And But, uh, your, but, but, your, but your grandpa, your, your father-in-law, he lives on a place with a – there's a lake there. Oh, that's buddy. right. My, oh, gr- my father-in-law yet to be lives- invited fishing – so this is from Business Insider. It's a solar-powered boat. It's a 12-seater. It's electric. It has solar panels on the roof. It's got a 120-kilowatt-hour battery. It goes for about six hours at six to ten Sounds knots. Sounds awesome. There's only one small problem with it, Thomas. What's the problem, man? Uh, it costs $600,000. Oh, that's not like a, a small problem. That's a big problem. Although maybe in the realm of boats, I don't know what this thing looks like. Let's take a peek. It looks cute. It's like a little putt-putt. You putt around and you drink your shardies, you have your sliders and how about uh, you if, do it on the electricity. How about if we just buy a regular boat Oh it's, a, oh, it's a catamaran. It's a catamaran with this nice big awning over it's it, cool. which keeps you, uh, keeps you from getting sunburned. Honestly, it would be perfect for the lake that your father Check out the interior on. pictures. It looks really very cool. Nice. There, look at that. Oh, yeah. It's really sexy looking. And this is like perfect for resorts that want to take people out on a little, you know, yeah. scuba or what is it? Snuba trip. And, you know, you can use the, the solar panels to run your compressor. It's, it's got a lot mm, of potential. I yeah. think uh, they just got to get the price down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're here at the studio, and I want to get a solar roof on the studio, and we still don't really have any updates on that yet. What? But a friend of mine just posted uh, this article, which is about a smart flower. Actually, I think this was Ken Milne, friend you're, of the show. You're a smart flower. And uh, it is basically, I'd heard about this before, it's a freestanding flower. It's a big steel flower. We talked about this. Yeah. And it tracks the it sun. It looks like a tree. And Yeah, and then it tracks the sun, mm-hmm. and it's 40% more efficient than a ground-based, not-moving satellite, uh, no, solar system. And also 96% more efficient than me. And way more efficient than you. And it's the equivalent of a four-kilowatt system. Oh, this one's very different than the one we saw before, right? The one we saw before was more like a tree. This is actually like one big like giant flower. flower array that sort of circular with pie-shaped solar panels that, that 
come really cute. open. It's really cute. And it costs a lot. It's about sixteen dollars to $20,000. They're just making their way to the U.S. But if you don't have room on your roof, uh, you've got a little space on the ground, you want a super efficient uh, tracking device, this could be it for you. But honestly, like, okay, if you think about it, the, the system on my roof is not – is about this size. Yes. And it was, I believe, double the price of this. Well, that's because you bought yours five years ago? Six years ago. And there has been this thing called a crashing of the price yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah, solar panels. Sure. But this thing maximizes solar production because it tracks the sun and it closes up at night, which supposedly somehow cleans the panels. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is really cool. I can't wait to be driving along and that's see like a whole field of these outside of Costco or something. It's only a 2.5 kilowatt system, but because of the efficiencies, it functions like a four kilowatt system. So that's kind of cool. Uh, app. I'm going to give you an app pick of the day week, and mm-hmm. it's Google Translate because it's just so good. And my media pick, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if I haven't told you before, designated survivor. Mm-hmm. Everybody dies except the designated survivor. He's got no political experience. And there is a mole in uh, the White House that's trying to kill everybody in the world. It's a good show. Check it out. All right. I have no app pick, but my media pick this week is Hidden Figures, which I finally got around to watching Very good. about the space program. And I have a little ah, piece right. of trivia for you, gentlemen. Okay, what year was the first satellite launched in the in the history of the world? The 1956. You're talking Sputnik? Correct. Yeah. That's the name of the first. 1957? October 4th, 1957. So just Missed. under 60 years from today, yes. right, is when we started to launch satellites. And in that, the thing that I think is the most amazing when you think about the, the hidden figures kind of brought to light was like they were, we're, Sputnik launched a satellite and Sputnik put a man in space and we were just in this race, race. We got to get it done. We got to get it done. How many man-made objects in only 60 years has this entire planet launched into space? Hmm. Oh, going on my double uh, uh, 827. 7,000. 8,000 is yeah. the number. Only a handful have left Earth orbit. Some have decayed and reentered. And as the last question in this interesting little aside, how it. many things are currently in orbit? Including like broken how, up pieces of satellite? I, no, I no. think like working Document. satellite type pieces. Well, yes. it's going to be like uh, 2,000. 1,572. It's 3,000 according to Quora.com. That's fantastic. But when, you know, the like last week I talked about all of those launches that were happening and mm-hmm. all around the country when I told you, or all around the world and told you to go check out that website. And it's just interesting to me, in, in just a span of 60 years, how much crap we have launched. We went from zero and us panicking. What are the Sputniks putting up? What are the Russians putting up? there? And now everybody and their mother can throw something into space. The three of yeah. us, if we had a little cash... Could throw a satellite up. It's actually a I, huge problem, the space junk, and there are people working on how do they fix this. Because you, when you decide, I'm going to launch my rocket today, you've mm-hmm. got to track all of this other space right. junk. Because, and they're all trackable. All, all the big ones, but there are some ones that they don't track that a little bit. It's a problem when you're going very high speed, even if you hit something very small. Mm-hmm. So clean up your junk, NASA. We don't want any junk in your trunk. Not just NASA's junk, man. Well, it's, a lot so of people's junk. it's India's junk. It's China's junk. It's Russia's junk. It's world's junk. Yeah, I'd like to get my junk. junk up there. Well, luckily, a lot wow. of this, a lot of this stuff does decay. If it's not been monitored, the the orbits decay. It falls back to Earth and it burns the hell up. Like they're actually going to dump the trunk of the Dragon capsule, which has solar panels in it, that they're going to test some sort of new deployment. And 
the new deployment system. And then once they're done, they're going to stick it back in the front trunk, not frunk. And when the, the, the dragon comes back, it's all going to burn to hell up. And I heard that. So they're going to burn up those beautiful solar panels yeah. that have like a 45% efficiency. They're not burning yeah. up Can this I have dragon them? capsule. No, but the stuff they put in the trunk as they go back down, oh, it's not it heat burns shielded. up. Exactly. Mm. They, the dragon has the interior section mm-hmm. and the trunk. And right. the trunk is for non-pressurized, non-perishable So then like stuff. someone has to get in there with like a little camping, like a dust pan and brush and brush all the little remnants of stuff. I think even the trunk there. burns up. Uh, oh. That's where they sell the cheap tickets, Sam. <laughs> uh, why is this trip to space so uh, cheap? I don't oh, want to sit in the trunk, Daddy. You're in the trunk. I don't have an app pick, but I saw coming attractions to the Tribeca Film Festival winner called The Ashes, which is a- From the Ashes. No? From the Ashes, yes. Thank you. From the Ashes, which is about the coal industry and our- use of coal and how we need to get off of it. And so it's a good documentary. It's coming out uh, on 625 at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and uh, I'll be there watching it. All right, guys, you're going to have to finish off the show because I've got to go. Uh, Good news? No, not good news. Got to go right now. Bye-bye. Have a good time. What's what's Mary just backed the car into the gate, destroyed the back of the X, and derailed the gate. Hmm. So... That's going to be expensive. <laughs> but we can we can track it. So what's today? Today is June 5th. Yeah, we'll find out how long it'll take to repair oh. that bad boy. All right. So Mel has to go. Yeah. Mel just got news that his Model X has been, let's say... Damaged. Damaged. That's damaged. a good word for yes. it because we don't know the extent of the damage, although apparently it derailed the back gate. So I wonder what happened. So it has it has a camera. Yes. Right? And it has warning chimes, does it not? Mm, I think his, yeah, his has uh, autopilot. Does yours have warning chimes? It depends. Sometimes you can turn those chimes off. That's ridiculous. Hopefully the chimes are on. In fact, I turned on one of the chimes. they were on because it's even more embarrassing for his wife. I turned on the chime that tells you when you go above the speed that you've set as your, like, allowable limit. So for you, it's like 110, 120. Is that sort of No, I set it at seven miles above the speed limit because when you're on the highway here in the U.S. doing, you know, 60 anywhere between 60 and 70 mile an hour speed limit, mm-hmm. they allow you about a 10% buffer factor before they start pulling you over and mm-hmm. writing you tickets. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and that's actually pretty slow for yeah. many areas. Oh, yeah. The, there are places where people drive, you know, 80, 85 miles an hour and you're drive literally- Drive five, man. You're feeling like you're uh, an obstacle to them. So I've said it at seven above. It's not variable though. So if I'm in a 45 zone and I'm trying to autopilot- it won't chime, 45 zone. It won't chime until 52, which is uncomfortable for me. Yeah. But it's nice to have that little chime in the background to remind you, oh, oh, right. oh, slow down. So we'll track the repair situation of the, the Model X coming up. And now, Robert, me and you get to do letters, letters. without Mr. I can't pronounce people's names. And you know the what? There's a, there's a collective sigh and talking Tesla nation. People are saying, ah, <laughs> oh, finally, I'm going to hear my name the way... My mother and father gave it to me. But all of a sudden, I feel a lot of pressure to do this correctly because my guess is 80% of the time, I screw it up also. Oh! Well, how about let's talk about Tony Baragona's letter. Okay. He says, hi, guys. Uh, thought of a good media recommendation for you. It's a Tesla Motors documentary on the National Geographic 
uh, station. If you don't get that, you can also find it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. He says it's a great little doc. I've been meaning to watch it for some time, and it does get you into the factory, and it does get you to watching Model 3 details that aren't available elsewhere. So it really helps to be a film crew connected with a large organization, and you can get through and take pictures of stuff that, you know, I, again, had a had to check my phone at the door. <laughs> nice, but we got to figure out how to put a camera on your insulin pump, buddy, because I think we may have found a spy, in, <laughs> an inside spy move. <laughs> so thanks, Tony, for that one. And then the next letter comes from Jonathan Soderstrom, and it could be Jonathan Soderstrom, potentially. And he writes, great podcast, been listening for over a year. Keep it up certainly helps me keep myself sane in these days of absolute insanity. High five. Yeah, no kidding. And he heard us talking about the Chinese lithium-ion factories and asked us if we had seen the one former Tesla employee, Peter Carlson, is planning on building in Sweden. We had not, but apparently if we go to northvolt.com, we can. So thank you very much. He gave an app pick also, Mega and Sync Thing. Yeah, I have to check those out. But he also sent us a link to a band. Uh, Gosh, I forgot their name, but I watched the video. It was a hoot. It's a heavy metal band. It's basically renewable energy meets the energy of heavy metal. Sweet. And they're out in the desert rocking away, screaming. The guy's got a great voice. And the lyrics are basically, you know, renewable energy, photons from the sun. Right. It's pretty funny. Renewable energy, photons from the sun. Like that? Absolutely. Sweet. And you didn't watch it? No, I didn't. Wow. Pretty good, You're right? channeling. Uh, you're channeling. <laughs> I'm a Swedish heavy metal fan. So there you have it. <laughs> uh, the next letter comes from Brett with one T. So is it Brit? It's Brett. 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 And he says, despite Tom being the smartest, Robert is right about the frunk space. He was told by a Tesla rep. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he was thinking about rear drive versus dual drive, and he was told that there is one, uh, basically one insert for the frunk, despite your choice. In other words, you get dual drive or you get rear drive only, you're still going to have the same bucket in your frunk. On the 3 or on the S? On the S. And I'm sure it's going to be the same way on the 3. They're just minimizing. So they've changed it now. Yeah. They've changed it even on the S. That's why. That's why if you want... As, and the, the frunk was an mm-hmm. amazing amount of space. Oh, so my first space. gen Model X, uh, Model S has I, my son. I have a video of my son mm-hmm. who at the time was probably 5'10", mm-hmm. getting in the frunk. I close it mm-hmm. and then I step back and took this YouTube of him, popped it. He opens it up and he gets out. And there was room for probably three bags of groceries right. in addition Around to him. him. Yeah, so because it had that long piece that went down that was sort yeah, of like, like the tunnel. size of a golf bag yeah. kind of a situation. And so basically the rest of the frunk is the same size, but they've gotten rid of that golf bag annex even if you don't have Actually, a dual Actually, they made drive. it even smaller than that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they cut okay. the frunk probably in half without that tunnel. And so Somebody if you're interested. Said, cut the frunk out. Cut the frunk out, man. I need a. I put so much stuff in that frunk. I know. You're yeah. a frunk fan. I love the frunk. Sad to see it go. What's our next letter, Robert? Model 3 range. Matt Obad- Obadia. Obadia. Obadiah, maybe? Obadiah? You're going to make him uh, biblical? O- Obadiah? So anyway, he says that, uh, uh, do you realize that it says on the Model 3 range that it's 215 plus miles? And then he sort of gets into like whether or not the plus means there's going to be more than one battery or not. And then uh, he points a couple things out. But the bottom line for this is the cat is out of the bag. 
Model 3 will have two battery sizes, a 60 and a 75. Why do you say that? Just because of the Plus? But the Plus to me... No, no, no. It's because it was revealed by Tesla uh, under the table to, uh, I think it was Model 3 Owners Club. Oh, they got the ins- so they got the download. Sure. On, the, yeah. on the first models? or No, Model 3 at this point, is only planned to have a 60 and a 75. No, but what I'm saying is, uh, so from day one no, of Design only Studio? only 60s. Okay. Again, they only want to print. It's like, it's going to be the Model well, that's T. that's what I want to know. You're going to get a black that's car with a 60 know. battery right. and no air suspension. And you're going to love it. Love it. So uh, next letter, uh, talking about Supercharger in McAllen, Texas. Samir Jokokar writes us, thanks uh, for announcing my note. Well, here you go. You got another one. He talks about an eight-stall supercharger that's being installed there at the Embassy Suites. Awesome. It's great to hear. And uh, he says he won't be back to see if it's uh, up and running because he's actually from Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. Uh, Basil Sabah uh, says, since you guys express such interest in electrical engineering, he provided us with no less than two large links with lots to read and lots to do, and I'm looking forward to it, but I am so exhausted from my three days up and back to Fremont yeah. and prepping for today's show that I need a vacation. I will leave it to you two lunatics who have expressed your interest in electrical engineering <laughs> to look into this and tell me what the hell it all means, because I am not going to do it. Yeah. We got a letter from Christy Morgan, a lady letter writer. Woo-hoo. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And she wanted to chime in about the cost to install a Tesla wall connector from a few episodes back. She lives in a condo in San Francisco, and she's been putting off the install for the following reasons. She can currently charge at work. That is, until all the Model 3 starts swarming in the Bay Area. Her condo was their first home purchase, and they don't plan to stay there long. And the install cost is not cheap in the Bay Area. And she sent us a few quotes. I have a question. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. How much more valuable will your condo be for all those people buying Model 3s flooding the Bay Area? It's hard to say, right? Because there are it, historically, like if you want to put a pool in or you want to put a kitchen in, right? There are things that you can go to where they say what percentage you get back right. on that. My guess is in San Francisco, if you put an electrical charger in at these prices, option A, B, and C that she sent us two and three thousand dollars, yes, you probably get most of that back. I'd say maybe even more, maybe because more. this but is like a selling point. It is. I it know, is for sure. Yeah. I know people are banging on doors before houses are even listed to buy them. Mm -hmm. But this is like, hey, it's EV ready. That's a good point. And maybe Christy had not thought about that. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I say go for it. And it's going to make your life so much easier when I get home and I'm tired and I realize, oh, I have to drive 200 miles tomorrow. The car's got 70 on it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'll just plug it in. Although I'll be honest, like it, it looks like the a lot of expense is the actual wall connector. Like there's prices for like twenty one hundred dollars for the install. Well, she said the it had to connector. go eighty five feet, so they had to run conduit right a good distance. Yeah. But I was impressed with how much the permit costs five hundred and fifty bucks. Permits are expensive. I think there's got to be some sort of a give on the municipal side since you're doing something that's going to improve air quality in the neighborhood. You should check into that. Well, my, my guess is depending on who her provider is, they may even have a rebate program in right. place where that maybe that will cover a little bit of, of, of these costs. So good, maybe look into that. But thank you for your letter, uh, Christy. Kip Spanbauer sent us uh, some details on a tweet from Elon Musk. Um, 
The final reveal of Model 3 has been under our noses the whole time. He sends uh, a link to the tweet, which was basically one of Franz or Franz's team of designers sketch, the concept sketch for the Model 3. And he says, look, the screen is this way. This is that. I have to remind you, Kip, that those uh, those images and there's a Model X, a Model S, a Model 3, and then a combo uh, of the three models uh, these concept sketches that Tesla has given out for various purposes, uh, promos, they do not look anything like the cars that are rolling off the line. So I would not put any uh, weight on those images. It's a cool image. And in fact, the VIPs in Fremont got a copy of the one that includes all three models. I've never held that one, mm-hmm. so I'd, I'd be curious to kind of study it a little more. And yeah. the images have been put up online. I haven't looked closely at the one they sent us in a while, but the right. one that in this tweet, the the steering wheel is horseshoe-shaped, has an open top. Yeah. We haven't seen any alphas with that, that particular configuration. Although there is the horizontal thing, there is the big center console, and the dashboard looks pretty similar to what we're looking at right yeah. now. The wheels are amazing. There are, yeah, those were, I believe those were one of the three styles of wheels uh, that were on one of the Alpha cars. Although the other car, I have yet to see though that wheel style. On I, learned, I learned a term for how those wheels uh, and the fender look. It's mm-hmm. called stanced. Oh, yeah. Stanced. stanced up. I didn't, I didn't know what stanced means until all a few stanced. months ago. And it turns out Kip sent us another one. Yeah, this was basically a rehash of the multiple spreadsheets that he has sent us about the various choosing and options and such. And I would say that uh, everybody hold on to your horses. The Model 3 will be great. Don't cancel your reservation. Mm. And you'll have some choice. And there's always aftermarket stuff. Bottom line is you're going to get a car that you don't have to take to the gas station and doesn't have a tailpipe and is comfortable. I'm curious to know what the crash rating will be. But other than that, I'm really excited just to have it come out. And our next email comes... By way of an apology from Mr. John Ford to you specifically. It's true. uh, John, we very, very much appreciate that you continue to listen. I personally appreciate that you continue to challenge our way of thinking because it it allows us to think about things a little more deeper in order to be able to have balanced conversations about it. All right. We'll move on to Tesla Clubs. The last letter comes from Jim Fitz. Or James. I'm not sure which he wants us to call him, but I'll just say Jim Fitz. And he's uh, interested. He lives up in northeast uh, Idaho in a region that uh, he calls the Driftless Region. I'm not sure why the Driftless Region, but maybe people don't drift their cars or they don't drift off the road. But up in that region, he wants to create a Tesla Club because I had mentioned Tesla Clubs earlier. I had mentioned how you can get in touch with the Tesla Owners Club Worldwide. That's on the Twitter feed. And as well, uh, there is a web page for Tesla.com, the company, and it lists all of the sanctioned clubs and a direct email to their presidents, which will get you a reply so that you can join the club. And so look into that. He's interested in starting a club. So I've already put him in touch with Bonnie Norman, who's sort of uh, uh, one of the major Tesla connectors here in the West. So it's called the Driftless area because yes. it has managed it managed to escape glaciation oh. in the last glacial period so it's a lot of canyons and such deeply carved river valleys Ooh. and it's peculiar terrain is the result of having escaped glaciation is it pretty I, it uh i'm sure it's lovely anything that gets named uh for its uh, visual beauty 
is lovely. I you spent know, three days in the wilderness. Yeah. The last three days. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. You know. So amazing. That reminded me. I wanted to uh, engage with you about that uh, picture. Did you Did you see the picture I sent you of the Model X, the off-road Model X? Uh-uh. Oh, my God. I did not. But that's the end of the letters and the end of the show. I'm sorry I missed the beginning because I bet you there were some very, very interesting uh conversations about the Paris Climate Accord withdrawal. Uh, If you get a chance, watch last week's Meet the Press with EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt, who tries his best to defend and explain the accord. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see where it goes. Just, uh, what do they say? Stay calm and drive electric. Right. Stay calm and drive electric. That is the end of Talking Tesla 89. Mel, you are gone Robert, you are here, Woo-hoo. and uh, and we are out. out. I am Tom Wolfson. You are Robert Rosenblum. He was Mel Herbert, and this has been Talking Tesla 89. 89, see you at 90. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated, hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum, edited by Eliza Jane Barnes, and produced by C.C. Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash Talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.